book three part one of a hero of our time by mikhail yurovitch lermontov translated by j h wisdom and mar murray this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatriate in bangor maine book three the first extract from pechorin's diary taman part one taman is the nastiest little hole of all the seaports of russia i was all but starved there to say nothing of having a narrow escape of being drowned i arrived late at night by the post-car the driver stopped the tired troika at the gate of the only stone-built house that stood at the entrance to the town the sentry a cossack from the black sea hearing the jingle of the bell cried out sleepily in his barbarous voice who goes there an under-officer of cossacks and a headborough came out i explained that i was an officer bound for the active service detachment on government business and i proceeded to demand official quarters the headborough conducted us round the town whatever hut we drove up to we found to be occupied the weather was cold i had not slept for three nights i was tired out and i began to lose my temper take me somewhere or other you scoundrel i cried to the devil himself so long as there's a place to put up at there is one other lodging answered the headborough scratching his head only you won't like it sir it is uncanny failing to grasp the exact signification of the last phrase i ordered him to go on and after a lengthy peregrination along muddy byways at the sides of which i could see nothing but old fences we drove up to a small cabin right on the shore of the sea the full moon was shining on the little reed-thatched roof and the white walls of my new dwelling in the courtyard which was surrounded by a wall of rubble stone there stood another miserable hovel smaller and older than the first and all askew the shore descended precipitously to the sea almost from its very walls and down below with incessant murmur plashed the dark blue waves the moon gazed softly upon the watery element restless but obedient to it and i was able by its light to distinguish two ships lying at some distance from the shore their black rigging motionless and standing out like cobwebs against the pale line of the horizon there are vessels in the harbour i said to myself to-morrow i will set out for galenjik i had with me in the capacity of soldier servant a cossack of the frontier army ordering him to take down the portmanteau and dismiss the driver i began to call the master of the house no answer i knocked all was silent within what could it mean at length a boy of about fourteen crept out from the hall where is the master there isn't one what no master none and the mistress she has gone off to the village who will open the door for me then i said giving it a kick the door opened of its own accord and a breath of moisture-laden air was wafted from the hut i struck a lucifer match and held it to the boy's face it lit up two white eyes he was totally blind obviously so from birth he stood stock still before me and i began to examine his features i confess that i have a violent prejudice against all blind one-eyed deaf dumb legless armless hunchbacked and such like people i have observed that there is always a certain strange connection between a man's exterior and his soul as if when the body loses a limb the soul also loses some power of feeling 
and so i began to examine the blind boy's face but what could be read upon a face from which the eyes are missing for a long time i gazed at him with involuntary compassion when suddenly a scarcely perceptible smile flitted over his thin lips producing i know not why a most unpleasant impression upon me i began to feel a suspicion that the blind boy was not so blind as he appeared to be in vain i endeavoured to convince myself that it was impossible to counterfeit cataracts and besides what reason could there be for doing such a thing but i could not help my suspicions i am easily swayed by prejudice you are the master's son i asked at length no who are you then an orphan a poor boy has the mistress any children no her daughter ran away and crossed the sea with a tartar what sort of a tartar the devil only knows a crimean tartar a boatman from kerch i entered the hut its whole furniture consisted of two benches and a table together with an enormous chest beside the stove there was not a single icon to be seen on the wall a bad sign the sea wind burst in through the broken window-pane i drew a wax candle in from my portmanteau lit it and began to put my things out my sabre and gun i placed in a corner my pistols i laid on the table i spread my felt cloak out on one bench and the cossack his on the other in ten minutes the latter was snoring but i could not go to sleep the image of the boy with the white eyes kept hovering before me in the dark about an hour passed thus the moon shone in at the window and its rays played along the earthen floor of the hut suddenly a shadow flitted across the bright strip of moonshine which intersected the floor i raised myself up a little and glanced out of the window again somebody ran by it and disappeared goodness knows where it seemed impossible for anyone to descend the steep cliff overhanging the shore but that was the only thing that could have happened i rose threw on my tunic girded on a dagger and with the utmost quietness went out of the hut the blind boy was coming towards me i hid by the fence and he passed by me with a sure but cautious step he was carrying a parcel under his arm he turned towards the harbour and began to descend a steep and narrow path on that day the dumb will cry out and the blind will see i said to myself following him just close enough to keep him in sight meanwhile the moon was becoming overcast by clouds and a mist had risen upon the sea the lantern alight in the stern of a ship close at hand was scarcely visible through the mist and by the shore there glimmered the foam of the waves which every moment threatened to submerge it descending with difficulty i stole along the steep declivity and all at once i saw the blind boy come to a standstill and then turn down to the right he walked so close to the water's edge that it seemed as if the waves would straightway seize him and carry him off but judging by the confidence with which he stepped from rock to rock and avoided the water channels this was evidently not the first time that he had made that journey finally he stopped as though listening for something squatted down upon the ground and laid the parcel beside him concealing myself behind a projecting rock on the shore i kept watch on his movements after a few minutes a white figure made its appearance from the opposite direction it came up to the blind boy and sat down beside him at times the wind wafted their conversation to me well said a woman's voice the storm is violent yanko will not be here 
yanko is not afraid of the storm the other replied the mist is thickening rejoined the woman's voice sadness in its tone in the mist it is all the easier to slip past the guardships was the answer and if he is drowned well what then on sunday you won't have a new ribbon to go to church in an interval of silence followed one thing however struck me in talking to me the blind boy spoke in the little russian dialect but now he was expressing himself in pure russian you see i am right the blind boy went on clapping his hands yanko is not afraid of sea nor winds nor mist nor coastguards just listen that is not the water plashing you can't deceive me it is his long oars the woman sprang up and began anxiously to gaze into the distance you are raving she said i cannot see anything i confess that much as i tried to make out in the distance something resembling a boat my efforts were unsuccessful about ten minutes passed thus when a black speck appeared between the mountains of the waves at one time it grew larger at another smaller slowly rising upon the crests of the waves and swiftly descending from them the boat drew near to the shore he must be a brave sailor i thought to have determined to cross the twenty versts of strait on a night like this and he must have had a weighty reason for doing so reflecting thus i gazed with an involuntary beating of the heart at the poor boat it dived like a duck and then with rapidly swinging oars like wings it sprang forth from the abyss amid the splashes of the foam ah i thought it will be dashed against the shore with all its force and broken to pieces but it turned aside adroitly and leaped unharmed into a little creek out of it stepped a man of medium height wearing a tartar sheepskin cap he waved his hand and all three set to work to drag something out of the boat the cargo was so large that to this day i cannot understand how it was that the boat did not sink each of them shouldered a bundle and they set off along the shore and i soon lost sight of them i had to return home but i confess i was rendered uneasy by all these strange happenings and i found it hard to await the morning my cossack was very much astonished when on waking up he saw me fully dressed i did not however tell him the reason for some time i stood at the window gazing admiringly at the blue sky all studded with wisps of cloud and at the distant shore of the crimea stretching out in a lilac-coloured streak and ending in a cliff on the summit of which the white tower of the lighthouse was gleaming then i betook myself to the fortress Fanagoria, in order to ascertain from the commandant at what hour i should depart for galenjik but the commandant alas could not give me any definite information the vessels lying in the harbour were all either guard ships or merchant vessels which had not yet even begun to take in lading maybe in about three or four days time a mail-boat will come in said the commandant and then we shall see i returned home sulky and wrathful my cossack met me at the door with a frightened countenance things are looking bad sir he said yes my friend goodness only knows when we shall get away hereupon he became still more uneasy and bending towards me he said in a whisper it is uncanny here i met an under-officer from the black sea to-day he's an acquaintance of mine he was in my detachment last year when i told him where we were staying he said that place is uncanny old fellow there are wicked people there and indeed what sort of a blind boy is that he goes everywhere alone to fetch water and to buy bread at the bazaar 
it is evident they have become accustomed to that sort of thing here well what then tell me though has the mistress of the place put in an appearance during your absence to-day an old woman and her daughter arrived what daughter she has no daughter goodness knows who it can be if it isn't her daughter but the old woman is sitting over there in the hut now i entered the hovel a blazing fire was burning in the stove and they were cooking a dinner which struck me as being a rather luxurious one for poor people to all my questions the old woman replied that she was deaf and could not hear me there was nothing to be got out of her i turned to the blind boy who was sitting in front of the stove putting twigs into the fire now then you little blind devil i said taking him by the ear tell me where were you roaming with the bundle last night eh the blind boy suddenly burst out weeping shrieking and wailing where did i go i did not go anywhere with the bundle what bundle this time the old woman heard and she began to mutter hark at them plotting and against a poor boy too what are you touching him for what has he done to you i had enough of it and went out firmly resolved to find the key to the riddle i wrapped myself in my felt cloak and sitting down on a rock by the fence gazed into the distance before me stretched the sea agitated by the storm of the previous night and its monotonous roar like the murmur of a town over which slumber is beginning to creep recalled bygone years to my mind and transported my thoughts northward to our cold capital agitated by my recollections i became oblivious of my surroundings about an hour passed thus perhaps even longer suddenly something resembling a song struck upon my ear it was a song and the voice was a woman's young and fresh but where was it coming from i listened it was a harmonious melody now long drawn out and plaintive now swift and lively i looked around me there was nobody to be seen i listened again the sounds seemed to be falling from the sky i raised my eyes on the roof of my cabin was standing a young girl in a striped dress and with her hair hanging loose a regular water nymph shading her eyes from the sun's rays with the palm of her hand she was gazing intently into the distance at one time she would laugh and talk to herself at another she would strike up her song anew i have retained that song in my memory word for word at their own free will they seem to wander o'er the green sea yonder those ships as still they are onward going with white sails flowing and among those ships my eye can mark my own dear bark by two oars guided all unprovided with sails it slips the storm-wind raves and the old ships see with wings spread free over the waves they scatter and flee the sea i will hail with obeisance deep thou base one hark thou must not fail my little bark from harm to keep for lo tis bearing most precious gear and brave and daring the arms that steer within the dark my little bark end of book three part one recording by expatriate in bangor maine